0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. In today's episode, you will have a chance to hear Demystifying the Executive Search Process, led by our guest speaker, Marsha Bellinger, co-founder and principal of an executive search firm, Bellinger Leadplan. Marsha conducts executive search projects, recruiting top executives for nonprofit organizations, higher education, foundations, and professional associations. She was named one of the Real Power 50 by Minnesota Business in 2014. In this session, we will cover what makes an executive search firm notice a potential candidate, what to expect if you're contacted by an executive search firm, as well as the ways that you can boost your visibility to the executive search community. Enjoy the show!
1: Thanks everyone for joining me today for the conversation about the topic of demystifying uh, working with the executive search industry. Whether you have worked a lot with executive search or whether you're new Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. So, executive recruiters, search firms, headhunters, whatever term you might use, I think when you're in a job transition, uh, in many ways, every recruiter is a good recruiter. Now, Certainly, as part of your job search, you'll come across recruiters that are specialists. Maybe you're a bank president and you get the name of a search firm and they only place medical doctors. Well, that's not going to be a fit. But do remember that most every executive search firm is a generalist to some extent. And one never knows what the next assignment might be that a search firm will have. So today's conversation, I think, will Focus mostly on the executive level, uh, on retained executive recruiters, which I think are the ones that you're most likely to encounter. And again, every recruiter is a good recruiter, whether you're simply sending a resume, whether you're having a quick conversation, keep an open mind and a positive attitude, and that counts for a whole lot. So, So let's jump in. My first thought is that it might make sense to share a little bit about how executive search works, because I do find that a lot of confusion about how executive search works can lead to confusion about how to approach the executive search industry. So clients hire executive. So first of all, the client is the paying organization, right? A candidate or a potential candidate or someone who's looking is not the client of the search firm. I've never gotten a penny from a candidate, nor should I, nor would I accept that. That's not my client. The client is the hiring organization. And the client organization hires an executive search firm, uh, You know, typically after some amount of thought, right? Search is expensive, it's time consuming, it might have several steps to a process it might require a lot of involvement on the client organization side so you go into an executive search when well you go into an executive search and hire a search firm perhaps when you've tried to fill the position on your own and you can't find the appropriate talent for your position you might hire an executive search firm where the position and the specifications to do that job are rare or unique, or there's only a few people in a broad geography that might have that background. When candidates are hard to find, uh, maybe a search firm is hired when there's political sensitivity, maybe there are board members that are vying for the position, or there's a number of internal candidates and a neutral third party to bring that all together makes sense. So for whatever one of those reasons, an organization hires a search firm and there's several steps uh, to the search process that I think in some ways is reflective of a, a funnel. And at the top of the funnel, the search firm is going to do some amount of deep dive into the client to better understand the organization and its culture and its leadership and this particular position. And that might mean five or 10 or 20, you know, I've done 30 community listening sessions to get to know an organization. Now that was a large hospital system um, and meet the board of directors and meet the senior team one-on-one and maybe survey a bunch of other folks. So there, there may be a very deep dive on the front end of the search where the search firm does get to know the organization and a lot of the nuance behind the job, of which, you know, we all know that a job description is really sort of the tip of the iceberg, and there's so much more to any job and organization. And the search firm needs to know about all of that. So, the heavy deep dive at the front of the search um, with an eye to discovering what is the organization seeking in this position and what's critically important in the candidate pool is this a build for the future type of job? Is this a job where someone left unexpectedly and we have the auditors coming in in two months? Uh, You know, there are certain situations where um, we must have someone who can hit the ground running on day one because of certain pressures or uh, situations where we've got a uh, ISO 9000 certification review and The person needs to be there, ready to go. So we're going to figure out what sorts of talent, background, specifications, experiences are absolutely required. We're going to get a sense of the culture and what type of leadership approach would be most successful. We're going to learn things like compensation range and relative flexibility in the compensation range. We're going to learn about where the person would work, the geographic flexibility, all of those sorts of things. So that's at the very, very top of the funnel. Most search firms then go into a fairly lengthy timeframe where we are recruiting candidates. And during that candidate recruitment phase, we're, we're doing several things. Most search firms have access to a researcher. Big search firms have a research staff. And the research component of of a search project is answering the question, who should I call about this? Because on an average search, I'm going to call 150, 200 qualified, or people that I believe are qualified candidates, along with source uh, individuals and thought leaders and things like that. So we're going to reach out to really targeted people that likely would be a fit for this job, or might know of people that might be a fit for this job. And we're, we're rather agnostic about whether those people, at least at our firm, we're agnostic about whether that person is in a job transition or not. And so what that means is that 90% of the time they're working, you know, they're happy and not looking. Uh, sometimes people are in a job transition, but we're really calling people because they fit the job parameters as, as we understand it. Sometimes in addition to that direct outreach, that which I will say is the the real focus of recruitment, sometimes we also will promote the opportunity or post the opportunity. That's going to be much more common in the nonprofit sector or perhaps the government sector or the academic sector than it is in the corporate sector. But sometimes jobs are, are posted as well. There's going to be a, a series of evaluative steps in the search process that might start with a phone conversation that might then go to inviting someone to share a resume and, and talking through their resume together, which might then lead to gathering more information. In We use a narrative sort of a questionnaire that search firms often do to get a deeper sense of someone's qualifications. that might include uh, a phone interview or an and or an in person interview with the search firm. But at the end of that process, a search firm will pull together a slate of candidates and again, you know, we may have called 150 at the top and we're probably going to represent somewhere between 6 and 12 fully qualified candidates to our client. And then The second phase of the search is to assist our client with their assessment of that pool of candidates, helping the client think about their interview process, the questions they might want to ask, assisting in drafting those questions, sitting in on the interviews, uh, all the way through helping the client make a final decision and craft an offer. Usually the search firm extends the offer, negotiates back and forth, and assists with the placement of the candidate. That's a really, really, really long explanation, but it, it does share with you um, the process itself. And so, if you are connecting with a search firm really early uh, in a search process, you know, it may be three, four months, five, or six months, who knows, before if you are the final candidate, you're getting an offer. If you connect with a search firm that has had a search, going on for many months, and oh, by the way, you're an outstanding fit for this opportunity. You know, how fast can you get me your resume and can you get in to meet with me tomorrow? You know, they may already be down here at the bottom of the funnel and might need to move quickly if you're to be presented uh, to the client as part of that slate. So so understand that search is that sort of funnel-like process where we're using the best information that we have from our client to assess the best-fitting candidates to move forward. You know, sometimes sometimes clients uh, or candidates call me and, um, you know, I'm not a fit for this job. I really don't have the background, but if you only put me in front of them, I'll talk my way into the, I'll, I'll persuade them, I will talk them into hiring me. That typically doesn't work when you think about why a search firm is hired, which is to secure typically very fitting and or fully qualified candidates. I might even be contractually bound to only represent candidates that fit the parameters of what the organization is looking for. So, you know, understand that executive search is a process, where a paying client is expecting us to do some amount of discerning and assistance with selecting. And and it is a selection process and it is a selective sort of activity. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of how executive search works. How do you get in touch with search firms? That's a a valid question. Uh, Even though, keep in mind, If you are fully qualified for a search that a search firm is working on, I should be finding you and calling you. You know, if I am doing a search for the CEO of a $5 million organization, uh, in the upper Midwest focused on aging services, residential services, I have a researcher that I will say, find me every leader in aging services with this level of budgetary and leadership responsibility, and et cetera, et cetera. I ought to be finding you. That said, we also are are happy to be connected by people uh, who are in a transition, for example, or, or who wish to be known to us and on our radar. So... In answer to the question, what's the best way to contact executive search firms, uh, do contact us. Don't be afraid to contact search firms. Don't be ashamed to contact search firms. Uh, Contact search firms that are in your geography primarily because search firms typically work on searches in the geography where they are located. So that's one pool of search firms is search firms in your geography. The second pool of search firms are perhaps national search firms that work in your particular functional expertise, whether it be nonprofit leadership or financial leadership or the packaging industry or whatever it might be, there may be national firms that work across geography but in a functional specialty. So those would be the two categories of search firms to contact. Uh, Contact us once for the most part, right? The best way to contact search firms is via email. Um, The best way to contact search firms is with an email that says maybe you've been referred to them by someone and use a name. Uh, or you understand that that search firm has a specialty in the human resources function and you understand them have a strong practice or whatever the case might be. Uh, Perhaps a short recap of some of the highlights of your background. Uh, You're actively seeking a new opportunity this time, uh, at this time in the human resources field. Uh, If you have a geographic limitation or preference go ahead and share that i I seek to stay in the greater boston area Uh, if you don't you can say that too i am geographically flexible and can move anywhere at this time Um, so go ahead and share a parameter like that uh, and attach your resume so it's an email it is a resume attachment probably contact one person per office you know it sometimes have there, there are five principals in my firm and and sometimes candidates will send the same thing to f- five different people you really don't need to do that we all share a central database in a search firm um, you know sometimes we even chuckle hey, hey did you just get that email from so and so yeah well, i got that too ah, i got that too so you know, probably one person per office. And it might be if they have a general uh, email info at Ballingerleafblad.com or resumes at cornfairyboston.com or whatever it is. um, That's okay too if it's into a general administrative type of email. Search firms have databases, And we value and prize our databases. We value and prize getting information from talented executives that we don't know, such as yourself. So if you've got a background that's even remotely in the ballpark of something that I might work on sometime in the future or anyone else at my firm, which is pretty much everyone who contacts us, um, we put your information into our database and the database codes your information by who you are and where you live and every organization you've ever worked for and every job you've ever had and every education and all of your credentials and certifications and where you live and what you make and what you're seeking in your next opportunity and we code you into that database up one side and down the other just based on that one email and a resume attachment and we'll probably attach your resume to uh your file in our database as well so whether you've got the big bad cadillac of database or you've got something a little bit more um, routine type of, of contact management database search firms manage their databases and we prize that information so when you don't be sheepish about sending your resume to a search firm attaching your resume Uh, And feel good about that. We we feel very good about those contacts. Now, are you going to get a call from the principal of that search firm, you know, to talk to you immediately? Probably not, right? You will go into the database. Someone might let you know that we have received your materials. In a small search firm with a small administrative staff, you might not hear back. And that's okay, too. Uh, that might just be a reflection that they've got a small administrative staff. Um, The purpose of contacting search firms is to be active in our database. There's a very small, small possibility that you'll get a call right away that says, oh my gosh, we're working on a search that could very well be a fit. It might happen, but what's more likely is you'll get a call a week later, or a month later, or six months later, you might get a call five years later because we don't go through and delete people out of our database. We value those contacts and they're long term contacts, we hope. So contact us once via email, attach your resume once per office. People sometimes ask okay, that's great, Marsha, but after that, how should I stay in touch? You know, should I call every other week? Should I call every month? Um, and I say, it's not a great answer. And I, I um, don't mean to be snarky, but how often do you call your credit card company just to double check that they have you in the right database and have your address correct? Well, never, right? They've got your name, they've got your address. Search firms have your name, they have your address. You are in the database. You don't need to call us every few weeks to double check that you're still in the database. Um, The time to stay in touch with a search firm is if something has appreciably changed and you've completed your MBA, or you have moved and your address is different, or you got a new job. We love staying in touch with folks once they land and have a new job, we'll update that. We might, you might be the person we call in five years and we've got your next, next perfect assignment. So the best way to stay in touch with search firms is um, if you've got some appreciable change in your credentials or information, or if you are in the course of your networking, you come across a contact of that search person and you want to stay in touch sort of personally, professionally in a networking capacity uh, that's always okay too, but do trust that once you've contacted the search community, we value prize and treasure your information. We treat it thoughtfully and with great administrative care. And there isn't, um, unless you want to call and say, Hey, I never heard from you. You know, I sent my resume a month ago. Did you get it? That's a reasonable, but after that, there's not probably a terrific reason to uh, touch base super frequently. Um, the, the other thing I would say about search, um, and, and this relates a little bit more to um, when we call you and when we talk to you, but it might also relate to when we have email correspondence or, or uh, that type of thing, is always be open to the search firm, be open to communicating with search firms, be open to new ideas from search firms. Um, and never be negative and never be coy. And, and, and I will say that in addition to all of that information that I listed that search firms keep about you, we also keep records of every interaction that we have with people. At least our firm does. And you know you can assume most of the larger regional, all the national and, and most um, boutique firms that, that do a good job are gonna keep records of all of their interactions. So never be coy. Uh, here would be an example. Uh, I've had people who are active candidates with one of my business partners, and you know, then they secretly call me and apply for a different job without mentioning that they're working with my business partner on a search. That's not okay. Immediately I see that you're working with my business partner. Um never be rude. Um if in the past you've hung up on search firms or you know said don't call me again, you know if they've kept records that would be a bit of a problem. I I've I've had people, you know, hang up on me and be rude on Monday. And then you read that there's a mass layoff at their company on Wednesday, and they're calling me, you know, looking for my assistance on Friday. I've I've kept the record. Uh, so be open, be positive, never be coy about uh, who you may be speaking with, working with, thinking about. Uh, we do keep records of almost everything. When the search firm calls you, and I hope they do after after you've made all of these contacts to all of these firms. Uh, which is outstanding. Um, Let the search firm lead the conversation. Let the recruiter lead the conversation. You may not know immediately if we are calling about a potential search and we're at the really beginning of the process. We don't know if I just got your name and I'm really, really at the tail end. Um, We don't know if, if the search firm is calling because I'm a perfect fit candidate in their mind, or if I'm a helpful source individual, uh, let the search firm lead the conversation about what they're seeking, how they want to investigate your credentials, uh, follow along. You are certainly welcome to ask the search firm questions that you might have uh, throughout the process, but at least initially, Let the search firm lay the groundwork for the conversation. Uh, Realize that search is usually a long process. It's probably a three to six month process. And that's not because people are stringing things along, but it takes a long time to, to do all that deep dive on the front and contact lots of candidates and have candidates discern whether they may be interested in applying. And if we're recruiting people who aren't looking, they may or may not even have a resume. Um, And there may be several steps to the interview process. So if you are participating in a search, realize that it it might be months before we get to an offer stage. And no amount of interest level on your part and no amount of anxiety and no amount of desperation to get into a new job is going to speed the process. The process is the process. And search firms are typically hired to manage a process and client organizations learn a lot by looking at the backgrounds of a variety of candidates, Client organizations learn a lot by interviewing a variety of candidates. It's, it's really informative for the client. So it's not typical that a client will parachute in one person and really hustle them in and hurry it along and not consider others. It occasionally happens, but not very often. So when you engage, realize that there's going to be several steps Uh, There's a search firm in Phoenix that I I know, and in their job descriptions, you know, search firms have job descriptions, and on the back page of the job description for this particular search firm, I I really love that. It, It says, you know, if you are a candidate for a search with our firm, we are going to ask you to do several things. We are going to ask you to submit a resume. We are going to need to talk to you by phone multiple times. We are going to need to interview you. You may need to meet with our client many times on site. We will call your references, even those that you don't list on paper, which is a pretty brave thing to say, but this search firm says it. Um, but but I, what I appreciated about that is letting people know upfront that search is a fairly lengthy, exhaustive process. Um, and as a candidate, even if you are the world's best candidate for that job, you'll still likely go through that full candidate. And, and that reminds me um, to also talk a little bit about the fact that no matter how good I am, no matter how good I am, I will be one of several qualified candidates because search firms are typically not paid to find one person. That's a, a very, very high risk approach right to hire a search firm the search firm says here's your one candidate puts the client in a situation of if that person changes their mind if we can't come to terms you know whatever they get a counter offer Uh, a client would never typically accept a slate of one candidate so you will typically be one of several candidates which which means that in most cases the executive search process favors people whose backgrounds are really, really similar to the job that's being filled, right? Um, I just finished a a really good book. It's called Switchers by Don Graham, and it's for uh, individuals who are seeking to make a switch, from one sector to another, or one function to another. I used to be in the marketing function, and now I would like to get into project management, more on the engineering side, whatever. I'm a switcher. And in it, the author made a really interesting comment, and it's certainly true. Uh, she said that for switchers, and exec- for switchers, executive search is like oil and water. If you think about a search firm that has a contract with a client who has signed a contract saying, I understand that you are looking for a VP of investments for your $8 billion foundation, and the person needs to have these backgrounds and credentials. And I sign that I'm going to bring you a slate of candidates that are fully qualified in that area that's not going to be a great scenario for someone who says, I've always wanted to work at a foundation and I don't have much of a technical or financial background, but I'm sure I'll be just fine. Search is not the way to get there because of our limitations on what we can represent. Now, do I come across a real superstar every now and then that I feel um, you know transcends, the requirements, yeah, every now and then. And maybe if I'm presenting 10 candidates, will one of them be slightly off the track that I think, you know, take a look at this unique background. There's something that suggests to me that there might be a fit here. Yeah, I can do that once, right, in a search. I can't do it a lot. I can do it once. Um, So you'll almost always be one of several qualified candidates in a search. And I sort of joke, Um, When I talk about executive search, that, you know, if if I was looking, I I would really put recruitment into context. You know, statistically speaking, you are well under 10% likely to get your next job through search. Because of all the reasons we've just talked about, right? You know, I'm going to call hundreds of people. I'm going to vet down to 30 or 40 to assess. I'm going to interview 20. I'm going to bring my client the best fully qualified 10. I hate those odds. If I was looking for my new assignment, I don't even know if I'd call search firms. I, I mean, unless they were looking for the principal of an executive search firm, you know, with my exact background, I don't like the odds. I, I so, you know, understand that no matter w- the situation, you will likely be in a competitive situation, which is okay if your background fits really, really closely, but less okay if you are making a switch. If, you're, if you are making a really significant switch, um, you know, minimize the importance of recruiters in your effort and up the importance of networking. Uh, the other thing I would say about uh, search firms is, even though we work for the client organization, uh, do we work for the client organization, but we really want to make a match. More than anything else, we want to bring our client a slate of candidates they're really excited about. And when they've selected that final candidate, we want that to be a successful search. We want the candidate to accept we want the candidate to be excited, we want the client organization to be really excited. And in order to make that happen, confide in the recruiter. We really are on your side. We want to make this work. So if you have a uh, a compensation limit and you're worried that the offer may not be quite what you need, you know, confide in the recruiter now versus waiting till the end and turning down an offer. The recruiter can help the client think about enhancing the range for the position. Um, Be really honest and open with the recruiter about very specific things that are important to you in the opportunity. Confide in the recruiter if you think, you know, I'm hearing some things that give me some pause or some red flags. Can I talk it through with you? Those are absolutely things that the recruiter can and should do. You may say, you know what? Uh, And this happens a lot. Um, A savvy candidate will say, you know what? I really haven't seen that much about the financial information of the organization. Could I schedule a 20 minute phone call with the CFO? That's very reasonable. That's very rational. And a search firm should be able to help broker a conversation that will help you discern that this is the right opportunity. So do confide in the recruiter. I had one search for a president of a, a prominent regional organization, and I brought eight finalists to the search committee, which was made up of board members. And of they, they, they chose eight people to advance from the first round interviews out of maybe the dozen or so I brought forward. And I remember one person was person number eight. They're like, oh, should we advance this person? Oh, okay. So eighth place was this candidate. And when I spoke with the candidate before the next round of interviews, it was she was the candidate who took my counsel the best. I said, here are the questions that they're gonna ask. Here are some of the topics that are of interest. Here are some of the sticky points in your background. And she soaked up my counsel like a sponge. I literally had one of those other eight who I said, can I give you some feedback? Can I offer any counsel? And the guy said, nah, I don't need that. I got it. Well, he was washed out immediately in the interview. And person number eight, oh, you know, boy, afterwards they said we were really pleasantly surprised, came across really terrific, and so was advanced to the next interview with four candidates. And, you know, maybe wasn't the top one, but that next can that next set of interviews involved a presentation. And I remember that this CEO candidate, uh, hey, would you mind taking a peek through my presentation? Of course, I would be glad to take a peek through your presentation. And so she sent me the presentation and I had a little feedback. She took the feedback, gave a phenomenal presentation, did a great interview, was one of the top two, was hired. Uh, you know, it's been five years and extremely successful CEO. But I share that story because it, it was absolutely 100%. And I've shared this with her, uh, a spirit and a style of taking counsel throughout the search from the person who's literally sitting there listening to what the client is saying about the candidates and is in a position to share that, that feedback. I'm not going to share anything untoward and I'm not going to share negative or inappropriate feedback. I'm gonna share helpful feedback for my client and helpful feedback for candidates. I I mentioned um, that search firms are not always going to be terrifically helpful if if you're a switcher, uh, for for one example. Um, And and that is part of putting search into the context of, of your job transition. You, you know and you've heard that you're well over 80% likely to get your next job through networking. That is a fact. Search might be 10% if you're lucky. You know, if, you, if, if the job that you're looking for goes out to search almost all of the time and your background is just really what's almost always sought and you've got other intangibles that are really highly desirable right now, eh, you know, search might be a little higher percent. Um, If you're a switcher or if you're missing some key components, search will be a somewhat lower percent. But under any circumstance, you're over 80% likely to get your next job through networking. So put search into that context. You know, it, it takes a half an hour to ping all the search firms with your resume. There may be a little bit of follow up by some of those firms. A couple of those 30 or 40 might invite you to come in for a get to know you half hour. Some search firms do that, others don't. Um, You may look at job boards and online, but again, you're not very likely to get a job that way because hundreds of people apply for those and I hate those odds. And you're not there to explain your narrative. Uh, but sometimes when you see things posted online, you might see a search firm with jobs. And if you see the name of a search firm that you're not familiar with, and it's posting a job that's in your job family or sector or interest or geography, that might be one to ping. Um, but I but I will say this: there is a connection between search and um, networking. And 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 let me let me tell you uh Quick story from some years ago. So some years ago, I joined a webinar uh, from top, exec, top national executive recruiters. You know, I don't remember exactly who it was, but you know Mr. Corn from Corn Ferry and Mr. Reynolds from Russell Reynolds, like the biggest of the big. And these folks on a webinar, national webinar, uh, talking about executive search. So I signed in. I'm one of the thousands in the audience. And somebody posed the question, I talked about this a little bit before, but what's the best way to get known to executive recruiters? I'll never forget this. What is the best way to get known to executive recruiters? And the answer that the person shared, big national, big name, Joe McCool is the moderator, all that. What's the best way to... Be known to executive recruiters. The guy said, the best way to be known to executive recruiters is to work your network. Because, Mr. Recruiter said, when I'm doing a search for a VP of finance at a mid-sized manufacturing organization in this region, I'm calling people in that space. And if you are working your network, your name will come up. And if you are in transition and your name hasn't come up, that's a red flag. It means you're not networked. It means you don't have the right connections. Your name is not known in your industry or in your function or in this area. Work your network so that when I'm calling people in the know saying, who might you think of for this job, they'll say, hey, I know of someone someone who pinged me a few weeks ago, someone who I had coffee with, someone who I used to work with that reached out. The best way to get known to executive recruiters is to work your network. And, and that's true at this moment in time, which is what we care about, right? We're Yes, send your resume, it's an, it's an annuity. A search firm might call you three years from now, you sent their resume three years ago. That's all well and good, do that and then Work your network like a fiend.